You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy. I was almost in trouble there. <clears throat> anyway, all right, Sabbath. Yes, we are, we are back at it again with the, uh, the white vans there. Um, so first off, first question here is why Sabbath? Uh, Rob already kind of jumped into this a little bit. We want to establish why this is important to talk about. Um, this is a, this is like the, this is the one on the 10 commandments where you're like, okay, sure. That one's on there. Cool. Uh, it doesn't seem necessarily as important as thou shalt not murder, right? Slightly maybe degrees of less, but it, it's still on there. It's, it's still important. So why Sabbath? And for that, I want to, I want to kick it right to this passage in Ezekiel. I'm going to jump to Ezekiel 20 and we're going to look at this. It says, moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths. This is God talking uh, as a sign between me and them, him and Israel, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, but rejected my rules by which if a person does them, he shall live. And my Sabbath, they greatly profaned. Second time that's mentioned. Then I said, I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make a full end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land that I had given them a land flowing of with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands because they rejected my rules and did not walk in my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths for their heart went after their idols. Sabbath is a big deal to God. He cares when it's profaned. When we read this passage, we see that, that he, this is an important thing for him. This is a big deal. It's, it's right up there. And rejecting it leads away from this land of milk and honey, which is really just kind of imagery of Eden, right? When you think of a land of milk and honey, yeah, the, the promised land was said to be that. But really, when you think about the original, the OG land of milk and honey, you're thinking Eden. And this should draw us back to this. And Sabbath is directly tied with Eden and what God was doing there. God cares when it's profaned. Uh, they did not walk in my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths. It's not just Sabbath isn't just one of his statutes. It's something that's outside of that. Even it bears its own mention for their heart went after their idols. They, they were chasing after other things that were more important. And that was, that was apparently a bad thing. Now this is a repeat series. We did talk about Sabbath last year. Uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but Sabbath repeats every week. Um, I missed that memo occasionally. Like, oh, it's, it's here again. Darn it. Um, and so sometimes we, myself, me, I need to be reminded to reevaluate how is Sabbath going. So for those of us that were th- with this series last year and remember seeing the, the great little graphic with Shondaya showing up in every, every different position that we came up with there, uh, for those of us that remember this, how did Sabbath go over this last year? How did rest 
How rested? How re- Josh is laughing. <laughs> how rested do you feel? <laughs> did you su- did you succeed? Right. This is why we're back at it again. We need a reminder. And so a couple goals for the series, kind of like Rob was saying, um, some of these will be repeats of what he said, but we want, we want Sabbath to not just be an empty day. It's not just this don't do anything day and just like sit in the corner. You're not in timeout. Sabbath is not a punishment in any way, shape or form. Uh, We're not trying to be Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Rob's not Jewish. We both like bacon, but we also like Sabbath. Sabbath is not just for the Jews. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later too. Uh, We're not trying to be a bunch of Nehemiahs. Uh, This was out of my notes from last year. We came off of a Nehemiah series last year, which was kind of fun. And Nehemiah at the end of that story, he's building the wall and rebuilding Jerusalem. And he kind of goes, he gets a little intense, shall we say, about Sabbath and people not observing Sabbath. It involves pulling out of beards, which seems really terrible doesn't feel good. Uh, small children and me don't get along with that. Um, so yeah, it's not, it, he's, he's really going, he's gung ho about this, but we're not trying to be a bunch of Nehemiahs and tell you to just go like beat people up over not doing the Sabbath. That's not the goal of this series. And we're also not trying to beat you up over not doing Sabbath necessarily, not to be a Nehemiah. What it is, is we want this series to be an invitation to spend some time with God, to rest in, I'm going to say rest in his isness. Cause God just, he is who he is. He, I am that I am right. And God is just all that he is really hard to sum up into words. So I came up with a, a janky word isness to just use, right? We want to rest in God. We want Sabbath to be a time that draws us, draws us closer to our creator, draws us in deeper in relationship with him to know him better. And lastly, the goal is Sabbath is made for man. And we want you to understand that Sabbath is made for you. Jesus says, like, you're not made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for you, right? It's good for us. It's needed. It's part of creation. Some of our goals for the series here. So to do this, we're going to break Sabbath up into some some different chunks. Uh, And we've pulled this from a variety of sources. This is something Rob's been chasing after Sabbath for probably before I was even born. Uh, sometime in the age of Noah, as uh, best, best we can tell. Um, but uh, I've been chasing after it for a couple of years now, and we've drawn from a bunch of different sources. And we're going to use the videos that we got from our friend Marty Solomon again, um, just to refresh ourselves on what he has to say on it, just to get some different perspectives on this. Uh, but we're going to break this up into five sections uh, for five weeks here. Funny how that works. And the first week, we're talking about what it means to stop. And then the next week, we'll talk about resting. And then we'll talk about what it means to delight in Sabbath. And then contemplating, which is maybe the hardest of them, for me, at least. So stay tuned for week four. And then lastly, we'll put all these pieces together and kind of knit it up and bring it together. But today we're talking about stopping. Stopping is an important aspect of Sabbath. If we don't learn how to stop, then the rest of it really kind of has trouble falling into place. Uh, and just to, just to start this off, right, because you need to probably hear from a more authoritative beard than mine on the subject. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to play a quick video here from our friend, Marty Solomon, um, talking about stopping. 
Hey, Mission Ridge, this is Marty Solomon uh, with our first installment of what I'm going to call the Sabbath Diaries. Uh, Rob and Logan, we talked the other days about this upcoming series that you guys are now in, um, uh, just reflecting on the power of Sabbath and what Sabbath is and how to engage that. And so Rob had these four words that he wanted to kind of guide your journey through uh, this reflection on Sabbath. And so um, he had these words, stop rest, delight, and contemplate. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. So today, I just wanted to reflect on this idea of stopping. Now, when I think about stopping, I mean, Sabbath, that's kind of the essence of Sabbath. In a lot of ways, the Hebrew word just means to cease. Um, So it really begins with this idea of stopping. And I want to start by, I want to start by reflecting on the why behind the stop. You know, this this idea of Sabbath, this idea of, of cessation, of ceasing, of stopping, is not a practical need. Um, God is the first one to model this stopping. God is the first one to model this Sabbath. And God has not run out of uh, divine creativity units in the creation story. God is not tired. God does not need to recharge his uh, God batteries. Um, sat, the stopping of Sabbath is not a stopping that's done because we are out of energy. It's not done because we need to gain energy. This is a very Western way of engaging the idea of Sabbath. That um, these are these things are all true. It's not what the essence of the Sabbath stop is all about. It's not about a practical need, a void that's being filled. One of my favorite Jewish teachers, a guy by the name of uh, Rabbi David Foreman, uh, he once talked about Sabbath in referring to artists and the great artists that have to know when to stop. They have to know when to say enough. They have to know when the work is done. Like, can you imagine, uh, a lot of us are familiar with the great, the famous statue of David that was sculpted by Michelangelo. Can you imagine if Michelangelo didn't quite know when to stop? He just kept taking a little off here and another chisel mark there and maybe a little bit more off the shoulder. Like the great artists, the great painters, the great designers, the great creators have to know when to say enough. You have to stop because if you don't stop, you ruin creation. And so this is what we see in Genesis. We see a God who knows when to stop. This isn't a stopping because he needs to, because there's some resource that's running out or needs to be recharged. This is a stopping because this God knows when to stop and say, ah, that." That is fantastic. That is a great creation. Join me, he says at the end of Genesis, in essence. He says, in this movement of Sabbath, join me in just enjoying. Join me in reflecting. Join me in, and we're going to move on to go rest and delight and contemplation. But the first thing we do is stop. And the stopping is done so that we can just enjoy what is and there's a power to that because the the rat race that we're a part of the hamster wheel of production that in our western american world we get caught up in it just it starts to overwhelm us it starts to overcome us and we start to believe that our value and our worth comes in that production that there's that the goodness comes out of the production that it's only good if it came from hard work that only like we get wound up in a counter narrative and so there's a power there is a power in the ability to stop. Just in stopping, 
there's unbelievable power. And so this movement of Sabbath to stop, it's not about not working because it's an immoral thing. Stop working because when you work and you work and you work and you work, you start to believe a narrative. You start to believe a story. When you stop that narrative, it has the power to speak a deeper truth. God says a more accurate truth about who we are and what the world is like and what he is like. So in in my observation of Sabbath, there is great power in my ability to just stop. I stop making my bed on Sabbath. And that's a challenge for me because I am a neat freak. I am an OCD. I want everything to be in its proper place. And so to stop, making my bed is this powerful. Every time I walk into my bedroom and my and my soul kind of goes, I need to make my bed in order. No. On this day we stop and that stopping has a power to communicate. God uses that to communicate a deeper, more real truth. Uh, there are things that I want to do that I stop. There are things that I don't like to do, but I have to do every day, and I stop. I hate to shave my head. You say, well, then why, Marty, do you do it every single day? I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that question. All I know is that I hate getting up every single morning and going, oh, I have to shave my head again this morning. On Sabbath, I stop. I stop shaving my head for that one day. And that that stopping, that ceasing, has a power to communicate a truth and a reality that we'll look at more, a little bit more through this series and through these little videos. We'll talk more about, but there is a power. You are not valuable because of what you produce. The world does not spin on your power. We know these things, and yet if we never stop, we forget them. We know them intellectually, but we never truly know them And that narrative, that truth never finds its way into us, into our psyches, into our spirits, into our souls. God never has the the ability to stop. The power of the stop. Shabbat shalom. All right. It's hard to follow that. Didn't think that one through. You should put that at the end of the sermon, nevertheless. All right. So like, as he mentioned the the rat race, that resonates with me when I hear that. Um, we live in a society, I, I think, and a time that encourages us to be a slave to production. I think most of us would probably agree to that. Um, and, and similar to what we just learned about in previous weeks in, in John with the, the concept of Gnosticism, uh, this, this worldview, right? Um, this worldview of, of being a slave to production, it, it's counter to God's agenda. This is not what God intends for us. This is not what he wants for us. This is, this is opposed to shalom. This, this rat race, this slave to production, this need to constantly be making more and more and more and more and more. And, and because of this, because we're inundated with this, like all of the advertising, you drive down the street and all the billboards are telling you, you need more, you need more, you need more, right? And you need the next best thing and you need the newest, coolest truck and you need, it's always more and more and more and we're inundated with this. And for a lot of us, it becomes very difficult to stop. Stopping is very hard. I speak from experience, like stopping is not easy for me. 
My, my happy place is working more and more and more and more. And to stop is incredibly difficult sometimes. It's a muscle that you have to learn how to flex. So let's look at the first Sabbath as a place to start maybe. <clears throat> Back in Genesis 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. <clears throat> what work was finished? The work of creation, right? But it says on, on the seventh day, God finished his work. So I think, I think there's a way of looking at this that you could say he had one more thing that he did. He created one more thing on that seventh day. He created rest. And as Marty said, he doesn't run out of his God batteries. His, he didn't need to take a rest. He wasn't risking burnout. Although we'll talk about that on footnotes because that's a fun thing in entertainment. We like to think of God as burnt out sometimes. So we'll probably have a fun discussion about that because I'm actually a little excited. But nevertheless, we're going to get derailed here. Um, God doesn't risk burnout though, but we do, Right? God doesn't get tired, but we do. And so I think God, God creates Sabbath. He creates rest on that seventh day and invites us all into it. All of creation is part of this. Rest is part of all of creation. It's not just a Jewish thing. This is all of creation. Every animal has to sleep, even sharks. They never stop swimming, but they're still resting. Everything has to rest. You can do, go read the studies on what happens to you with sleep deprivation or observe Logan after a long week. It's not good. It's not good. The jokes get terrible. God doesn't get tired, but, but we do. And so he models this rest. He models this rest for us to invite us into this, to show us what this looks like. Um, I'm going to pull this from a, a guy, Mark Buchanan. He's got a book and he's got a fantastic analogy for this. Uh, imagine if, uh, if you've ever had a toddler, then you probably experienced this firsthand, but imagine a toddler that's real cranky and needs to go down for a nap, right? Every mom just smiled. And they're like, Oh, I remember this, right? You imagine, you imagine the toddler who's cranky and needs to go down for the nap and they don't want to, and they don't want to, and they don't want to. And so what do you do? You maybe you lay down with them, right? And you try to calm them down that way. And no, 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 we're going to take a nap together. I remember my mom doing this, not with me because I was an angel and never had trouble with that. Or I was just too young and don't remember, but we'll go with the first one. Um, but I definitely remember it with my brother, Brian, like that kid did not like to sleep. He was, it was hard to get him to go to bed. And so you, you'd have to lay down with him, right? You model this with him. It's not because the mom needed a nap, although maybe mom did need a nap. And Lori says mom did need a nap. Um, occasionally the mom might need a nap, but she'd probably be able to power through, right? But the kid needs a nap. This is God modeling rest for us which resonates deep with my soul because I'm a cranky toddler that doesn't want to stop. Like, ooh, I read that in his book and it just stabbed me right through the, right through the heart. Um, so it, this is the work that's finished and we need to rest. 
And it's a holy day of rest. We see that in this passage. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. It's a holy day of rest that lets us remember the order of creation. This is, we can stop. And like Marty was saying in the video, we can stop and we can just see what there is. We can observe this. It's a holy day where we can observe what God has created. We can see his splendor and what he has done and who he is. But we only do that if we stop, if we slow down, if we let ourselves observe it. The irony of this in that we mimic God's resting, we mimic this, but it's to realize that we're not God in a lot of ways. Because I can see God's creation and the more I observe that and the more I understand who God is, the better picture I have that I am not God. It becomes more and more clear the more I Sabbath, the more I stop, the more I observe this, that I am not God. And it's a real good time for me to realign and remember that, oh, you know, he's God and I am not. Another added benefit of stopping. This was big for the Hebrews. Uh, keep in mind when they were first hearing, and we talked about this way back when in the Genesis series of this, they just came out of Egypt when they're hearing these stories for the first time, Moses is coming down and he's giving them the 10 commandments and saying Sabbath is important. They had just come out of 400 years of slavery, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. They were oppressed and forced to work. And if you couldn't produce, then you were dead weight, literally, right? Your ability, your worth was tied to your ability to produce bricks in Egypt. And the, the irony of that is it's so it's that Pharaoh can rest and he can sit back and see his creation at the hands of others that don't get to rest. And so for the Hebrews coming out of this, this is going to be a huge concept. Genesis 1 through 11, the whole thing is based around this concept of rest. It's calling us back into rest. It's calling us back into Eden, into creation, into that land of milk and honey. The first time they get this, uh, it's recorded in Exodus, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it, you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Nobody, nobody gets out of this. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This Exodus passage calls us back. It calls us and beckons us back into creation, reminding us that in six days, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he made the Sabbath. He rested. Therefore, it's calling us back in this Exodus passage. It's pointing them back to this as they're hearing this. And then they get it again. We have it recorded again in Deuteronomy. And it's, it's very, very similar. But there's a couple of little differences. It says in Deuteronomy 5, <clears throat> Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, 
you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Mentions that again. That's interesting. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord, your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath is also meant to remind the Israelites. It's meant to remind them of the Exodus of their time in slavery. It's meant to remind them that they are no longer slaves. Sabbath is a huge reminder in this. That they are no longer, it's a weekly reminder that you don't have to produce to be valued. And in this, where it mentions, and I think it's really important, it mentions that your male and your female servant may rest as well as you. It mentions this twice. It draws that out. We must not only be consumers of Sabbath. I don't get to just observe Sabbath and do Sabbath like Pharaoh I also have to be a purveyor. I have to allow the people that are working for me. I have to make this a part of, I have to facilitate other people resting as well. This is important. Part of, part of observing Sabbath is allowing others to do that as well. And there's a lot of different ways that we can go about skinning that cat. And we'll talk about that more through the series, but facilitating others to rest is important. So why is it so hard to stop? We kind of touched on this with the rat race and the, the kind of our, our society pushing us to this, but really why is it so hard to stop for, for many of us? I would maybe even say for all of us in some ways, but why is it so hard? I think it's because it creates space for uncomfortable thoughts. I was thinking about that this week and, and why, why is it so difficult for me to stop? Well, it creates this space because when I slow down, I now have time to think about things and I can't just be onto the next task, onto the next task, right? I now have time with my own thoughts and that's a scary place in my head. It's a terrifying place. It, it allows me to realize the cultural drives that are pushing me. I got I to gotta work to have the most. Right? I got I to work the most to have the most. It's just more hard work, right? I do more hard work to get the stuff. Or maybe feelings of inadequacy of I'm not, I'm not going to be good enough, right? I have to work harder. I have to work harder because I'm going to mess up some notes on the piano or a lot of notes on the piano or all the notes. Who, who knows? But we're roughly right. It's fine. Why, why were we talking that on the day with the piano? It's Lord's having fun with me today. It's fine. Feelings of inadequacy can cause us to not want to stop, right? We don't want to slow down. We don't want to think about that. Maybe it's just having too many things going on, right? The, the too many plates that you're juggling and trying to keep spinning, right? And if I stop, if I slow down, then I might let somebody down and that would be terrible. That would, I can't fail at something. The fear of failure. Oh, Maybe it's, maybe it's the, 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 the flip side of that. It's the pride of, uh, if I'm not doing this, then it's not going to get done. Uh, let's go back to that. I'm not God thing. Let's review that one again. But the, 
if I don't do this, then it won't get done. Why is it so hard to stop? It allows us to sit and dwell with these feelings and that is uncomfortable and it's way easier to just keep doing, to just keep powering through, to not slow down, to not stop, to not dwell on this stuff. Stopping requires a decision that Sabbath has value though. So if we're going to stop, if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop then you're deciding that Sabbath has value. And part of that is a need to evaluate your schedule to do this. You, you have to set yourself up to actually Sabbath well. I, I learned this as, uh, over the course of the last two years. I, in 2020, I really got kind of serious about Sabbath. I was like, all right, this is, I'm getting close to burnout. I got to do, I got to force myself to Sabbath, which is a little bit of a, backwards way to approach it, but we got, we got there roundabout, right? So what I learned is I, I have to set myself up. If I don't, if I don't get the things that I have to get done in those first six days, then it's really hard for me to rest on that seventh day. If I'm not done by Friday at 8 PM, when I start my Sabbath, then I'm usually sitting there and it's dwelling in the back of my mind. We've done this for the last couple of weeks where we're trying to get everything for service done by Thursday. Just because we realize when we start thinking about slides or we put it off till Saturday night after Sabbath, well, say it messes up things. You got to do a little bit of preemptive work. When, they, when the Jews are doing it, I believe they, they can't cook on Sabbath is my understanding. And so you have to pre-do your meals beforehand right? You can't light a fire. So you got to have your fire lit already and stuff like that. You have to plan to Sabbath well because the work needs to get done. I think of it as, as a farm, you know, kid growing up on a farm, like the, the fish still had to eat the, you know, the cows still have to eat. You still have to, they have to have food and yeah, they'd be okay for a day most of the time, but it's not good. Um, so like you have to, you have to get the work done. You have to prep that stuff so that you can then rest. And what that does, when you start to fall down this rabbit hole of, well, now I'm going to try to get everything done so that I can then Sabbath well, it forces you to evaluate where you're resting when you should be working. Because then that usually leads to you working when you should be resting. Right? Rob's got a good example of, you know, you get done and you're, you're just tired with the day. And I've done this too, where we sit down and you're like, I'm just going to zone out and Netflix, right? And it's not really resting. Do I really need to watch, I don't know, Ultron or something? Like, I, great show, but nevertheless, do I really need it? No, I should, probably, I should probably just go to bed, right? I should probably just get some rest. Or I should get some other stuff. And then, and then lo and behold, if I, if I do that too much during the week, then I get to the end of the week and I don't have my stuff done, but it was important that I get this stuff done. And so then I'm on Sabbath and it's really unfulfilling because now I'm restless. There's an irony in that word. I'm without rest. So it forces us to evaluate there when we make this decision to say that Sabbath has value. We have to prepare to stop. And, and this is not some sort of silver bullet, 
right? Sabbath is not some sort of silver bullet that is going to automatically fix dysfunction in your life, right? It sure will bring up the space that I'm going to have to wrestle with those things like that I mentioned, like feelings of inadequacy or whatever. Like it's going to bring those things. It's going to create space that me and God can have a conversation about those, but it's not some silver bullet that's just going to fix it, right? And just stopping, just stopping is not going to just fix it right? A good example of this would be, I get to a point in my day or my week and I am just burnt. I'm just spent. I got nothing left in the tank, right? And I get to Sabbath. I'm like, okay, I got everything done. And I get there and I just kind of flop on my couch and I'll just zone on a video game or TV or a book um, or cooking. You know, I'll just cook all day or something. Like I just, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm watching fish. I've done that. Now that can be really peaceful and restful. And it can also just be like, I'm just, I got nothing in the tank and I'm just done. And that stopping didn't actually bring me back to Sabbath. We'll talk more about that because the stopping is the first step, but I wasn't doing the other things. I wasn't resting, but this is not some silver bullet. I just want to make that clear. Be like, I stopped this week and it didn't fix everything. That's, that's not how this works. It's going to bring us to our implication though. It's real simple this week. Stop. Implication is stop. Allow yourself to Sabbath. Just stop. Do it. It's like the Shia LaBeouf. Do it. I think like three of us got that. We have to, this, this involves making that decision and saying this has value. And I want to give this a go. And it's tough. Uh, I, I the, remember this, this I'm going to f- remember this for forever but the first time in 2020, it was like the first weekend of 2020. Um, and I was, it had been like a go week. I'd done the youth for Christ, like all nighter thing. And then I went out to a movie with a friend super late. And so it was like all these late nights in the week, but I was going to do Sabbath and it was on my calendar. I had put it there and, and I had a plan. I was going to do a Lord of the Rings marathon because that brings me joy. I hadn't done one in a couple years, which was a travesty. It used to be like a yearly thing and I just hadn't had time for it. And so I was going to do this marathon. Now I was tired and I was also preaching that week and I didn't feel like I had my sermon done. And the irony of that was that we were starting our Genesis series, which is about rest. But I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. So on Friday that night, I stopped and I put on Lord of the Rings Actually, it was The Hobbit. I started with The Hobbit. We did the full thing because why would I do a little bit? So 23 hours later, uh, I was done with the movies and Sabbath practically. But it took me, I was, it was probably like, it was like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And I'm, I think I was into the Fellowship of the Ring by that point. And I finally stopped and like started enjoying myself because I was so worked up. I, I, I was telling myself that I needed to, I, sh, I don't have time to watch a movie. I should be working. It was 3 a.m. If I was supposed to be doing anything, it should have been probably sleeping. This was silliness for me to be saying, I need to be working on something. And lo and behold, that sermon, I spent 30 more minutes on it the next day. And then it was done. It's all, God had that. I didn't, I didn't need, that plate wasn't gonna fall. It was fine but I did need to stop and I did need to delight in some stuff and just kind of enjoy myself a little bit. It's 
So sometimes you got to just make yourself stop. That's not easy, but it's worth it. So let's talk about some next steps, things that might help us to do this, to stop, to allow ourselves to Sabbath. The first one is to evaluate what you're not enough is, right? Um, this is the, uh, this is the idea that something that you don't, you either don't have enough or you are not enough or God is not enough. Like, is this someone else? Maybe someone else is not doing enough work. And so you got to lift up the extra weight, right? Or, or, or you're just not enough. And so I, I I'm not good enough. So I got to practice a whole lot more, which is probably true, but I got to practice a whole lot more, right? Like I'm not going to be enough. And so I have to keep going. I have to keep producing. I got to produce more, 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 right? Or I don't have enough. I don't trust that God's going to provide for me. You know, we'll pray in the Lord's prayer. We'll say, give us this day, our daily bread. You're saying that God will provide when you pray that, right? When we pray that we're saying that God will provide. We're saying, God, give us this day, what we need to survive. But this idea that I have to, like, I'm not going to have enough if I don't produce. If I stop, then I might run out. It goes in the face of that. And when we do that, when we, when we make ourselves obsessed with that, we essentially put ourselves in bondage. We're making ourselves a slave to production or a slave to whatever. Insert whatever your not enough is here. You're making yourself a slave to that. And God wants to draw us back in and remind us that, no, 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 I liberated you. You're no longer slaves. You're no longer slaves. So you got to start by evaluating what that is and understanding what the things that are going to get in the way of me Sabbathing, what's going to get in the way because I got to move those roadblocks out of the way so that I can Sabbath. So that's the first step that I'd take. The next one is making Sabbath holy. That sounds kind of flippant, maybe like just do it. But no, actually make it, make it holy. Set it aside and give it top priority. When I, when I, I go through and I do every once in a while, I'll, I'll reevalu- reevaluate my rule of life, which is basically a glorified calendar. Um, and I try to give it some color coordination to make sure that I'm like balanced within the quadrants of my life. You can talk to me about it later if you want. Um, I, this is one of the few times I enjoy spreadsheets. But uh, when I, when I go through and I do that, the first thing that I put on that calendar, the first thing is I put Sabbath right, where, right wherever I want it. And it's, it's a big chunk and it takes up a huge chunk of my calendar. When you look at it, like that's 24 hours, one seventh that I've set aside. And I can do stuff that I enjoy. It's not like it's not just sitting in the corner. Like I, I go shooting or I watch fish because I enjoy doing that. Um, I, whatever the case may be, but I, I set that aside and I make it holy. And so if you want to stop, then the first thing, the first thing that you can do, you can do either one of these next steps in whatever order, but I would maybe start with setting it aside and then look and see like what's getting in the way of it. That might help you. Uh, maybe you want to do it the other way around. I don't know how you're, how you process things, but set it aside and make it holy. Give it a top priority in your week. And then our last next step, shift your schedule and habits to create space to Sabbath. And this is tough. This is tough because we've gotten ourselves into habits and into rhythms, right? 
And so Sabbath is a muscle. You got to learn how to flex this. The ability to stop is a muscle kind of. You got to build this up, the ability to do it. And this might entail letting go of some obligations, which for some of us probably creates a little anxiety, right? Or, or saying no to somebody. Yikes. Means that we should work hard. We have to work hard maybe. For some of us, that might be the difficult part. It's like, well, yeah, but I, I can put that off to later. Like if procrastinators unite later. Like, we can put that off till later. And then Sabbath usually ends up falling at the end of our weeks, kind of, is how we, or it's, it's a point. And so we keep pushing things off. And then all of a sudden it's butting up against, and for me, it'd be like Friday afternoon. You're like, well, crap, this is going to mess things up. I still haven't done anything. This is a problem, right? So for some of us, that might be the problem, but working on your schedule and shifting that around to create some space for that. And then really stopping. And that takes some practice too. Because like we said, like it's, it's not just a physical cessation. Like you don't just stop physically. It's up here too. I got to put the work away and not think about it. I might have to shut off my phone. Right? I got to ignore some things. Because it's important. Because God says it's important for me to do this. And I've determined that this has value in my life. And so because it has value, because God has put this high priority on it, I'm going to do it. Even if it means I miss that call from the person or, or whatever, like it's important to me. And I would encourage you to start looking into that or start experiencing that or realigning that. I encourage you to begin your journey of experiencing Sabbath by stopping. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come say hello. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church/give. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.